Welcome back to the Movie Bible Podcast. This week, you've got myself and Brennan. Uh, we're talking about a lot of the stuff coming out of DC Fandom, as well as the uh, initial reopening of the U.S. box office, followed by some of Netflix's activity for the past week, as well as what we've been watching in our own personal time. Um, so let's just go ahead and jump into box office stuff. So for the major uh, movie theater chains in the U.S. for Regal and AMC, uh, they did open this past weekend. I don't believe that Cinemark has opened back yet, um, but those would be kind of the triple crown of American movie theaters. Uh, but the big two, AMC and Regal, did open up this past week. Uh, so there was a slate of new releases, a slate of throwback releases, and then a slate of movies that were kind of cut short when the pandemic started. So stuff like Onward, Bloodshot, The Way Back. Um, I know they were playing again since their initial theatrical runs were kind of the, the last, very last things to come out before COVID shut everything down. Uh, but we're going to run through the box office top 10, uh, just since there's a lot of new stuff. So Unhinged opened at the number one spot with a little over $4 million domestically. Uh, SpongeBob Sponge on the Run opened up not in the U.S. Uh, for the most part, uh, but in Canada um, for $550,000. Words on the Bathroom Walls opened up with $462,000. The Goonies uh, re-released with $260,000. Cutthroat City opened with $240,000. Uh, Star Wars The Empire Strikes Back opened up at number six or re-released at number six with 230,000 peninsula opened up at seventh with 210,000 jurassic park re-released with 180,000 in the number eight spot back to the future in the number nine spot with 140,000 and the tax collector opening in the number 10 spot with 121 and some change thousand uh first off it just feels really strange to be talking about box office results again <laughs> Dude, it was great to hear you run through that. I mean, it feels like it's been forever. I had to think a couple times. I was like, man, I've forgotten what to say with this. I mean, <laughs> man, it's been it's been since like the first week of March. Um, when I was, I think the last time we had box office results to talk about. Yeah, and it's it's rough. I mean, last weekend SpongeBob made about a million, so five fifty this weekend is not too bad, especially considering it's just in Canada and it's kind of limited to about 326 theaters uh so last weekend's per theater average was three grand this weekend 1600 that's not bad and apparently it's going to be going up slightly over the next few weeks in theater counts i haven't seen any um results so far for sponge on the run but i'm sure it did quite well in the u.s because i'm it probably has launched by now if i'm not wrong yeah this is one of those that they kept changing the plan on so it was originally due for a may release and then they were like, hey, maybe this isn't a good idea with the pandemic going on. And so they pushed it back to, I believe, one of the first few weeks in August. And they're like, we're just going to release it digitally at this point. And then when it looked a little bit more optimistic, you know, when Tenant kind of planted its flag and everything shuffled into this late August, early September opening, um, they kind of went with a hybrid model. And yeah, I, I don't think with the theatrical run, being more of the intended way to see this movie um, since they are expanding over the next few weeks and they just released, um, like you said, last week. I don't think they're going to be as apt to give out streaming numbers because that's not really where they want this movie to succeed at this point. Um, 
but it is it is here. I kind of forgot it existed until I saw it on the rundown sheet, um, even though it was one of the movies that I was kind of excited for because I liked uh, Sponge Out of Water. The last one was just really trippy, and I'm all for that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, I actually haven't seen the last one. I just have seen the first one back in 2005 or whenever that was. But the animation looks really good for this one. I will hopefully see it. I don't think I'll head out to theaters to check it out here in Canada, but I'll probably wait for it to land on streaming or, or uh, uh, just rental, uh, something like that. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it's it's doing all right, and I'm sure it'll be a big hit in uh, the U.S., yeah, I think so too. And especially because families, you know, we have a few more weeks before schools open up for, in most parts of the country. And so I think families are really going to jump on that within these first few weeks, take the family back to the theater, close out the summer, just enjoy getting out of the house a little bit more again. And so I think SpongeBob's going to be poised to succeed pretty well in the long run. Yeah. And I mean, SpongeBob's a pretty big, like it's a big IP, right? And I feel like this is, uh, this has the potential to pull. Uh, trolls numbers and maybe even better yeah i i don't think it's going to be as divisive as trolls where it almost shut down the universal amc partnership uh, <laughs> but i think it i think it could be an impactful movie uh, which is you know i guess that's just where we're at in 2020 uh, spongebob yeah. is determining everything yeah i'm excited to see just kind of touching uh, on some of the other movies here some of the re-releases I'm excited to see at the end of the summer what won the summer. And uh, I, I know that, obviously, in terms of re-releases, The Goonies was fourth this weekend. That's the best of them all. But uh, I know Jurassic Park has now been out for 10 weeks since it re-released, originally 10 weeks ago. Um, so I, I'm sure that's pretty high. I know Jaws was doing quite well, too. Um, but, yeah, that, that it, it's it's pretty cool overall to see those movies in our top 10. Like, not just one, but four in the top 10 right now, uh, re-released classics. Yeah, and it's it's really interesting that again it's kind of all Spielberg. I mean, he so he he produced the Goonies, he produced Back to the Future, he directed Jurassic Park. Um, Star Wars is kind of the exception here, but man, Spielberg is <laughs> has been leading the box office this summer, uh, which he hasn't really done in a while. So that's that's another interesting thing thing to see, and uh, I'll talk about it a little bit more later on. But it's just awesome to go back and and watch some of these movies on the big screen for the first time or if you've seen them up there before just to watch them again definitely no for sure um yeah and i mean i'm i'm, I'm glad to see the numbers are looking good and i'm sure next weekend we're gonna see bigger numbers with tenant um I, I i'm pretty sure in the states though it's not next weekend but here it is and then uh, the week after that we'll see um not a limited release but i think somewhat of a limited release for tenant in the u.s and then it'll expand but uh, I, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I know next week in the U.S., the big releases are going to be New Mutants, which I will not believe that that movie exists until I've seen it um, at this point. It's just been moved around so much that I won't believe it's coming out until I've actually watched it all the way through. Um, and then uh, David, the David Copperfield movie with Dev Patel's coming out, and then Tenet will be the following week. So yeah, things are picking up pretty quickly. Yeah, I'm looking at um, even just uh, my, my local theaters here, and they have uh, right now, I mean, next weekend they're going to have as well New Mutants, which is just wild. Like a, I, <laughs> I know there are probably some people that are still betting that it gets delayed, um, but that that is imminent that's next weekend and as is tenant here in canada and i just checked it out and 
my local theater has uh, slightly over, so they pretty much have wiped out all the old uh, classics, and they have slightly over 40 showings of Tenet on day one next week. <laughs> Dang. Um, yeah, I, d- I don't know if <laughs> we'll go that far. Um, at least I'm kind of hoping that we don't, because I do really want to see a lot of these older movies that they've been kind of teasing um, as theater chains have put together their reopening plans. There's a lot that I want to see in theaters that I just never got the chance to, uh, mainly because I wasn't alive. Um, so I'm hoping they don't do that, but I'm, I'm definitely excited to see Tenet kind of take over for probably a solid month. Yeah, so like they're still they're still running um, by the time Tenet drops, and as I said, it has a little over 40 showings in a day. They're still running um, Jurassic Park, and they're still running... Uh, weirdly enough, grown-ups, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> those are the two older movies, uh, and, and I mean, they're not really throwing much to um, New Mutants as it's sitting at around uh, five showings. Yeah, and I think it's a movie that has kind of become a meme. I think it'll weirdly benefit from being kind of the first thing to release uh, <laughs> post well, not post-pandemic, but on this side of the pandemic. Um Whereas, you know, before, I don't know if it really would have made a ton of money, kind of like what we saw with Dark Phoenix, where nobody really cared because it wasn't part of the MCU and that franchise is already done. I feel like New Mutants could have fallen into that trap pretty easily, but I think because people are so hungry for new content, I think it's going to succeed more than people really expected it to beforehand. Yeah, no, I, I think I agree with that. I think it'll be really neat. I mean, unhinged this weekend, pulling in, four million dollars um and about a per screen average of 2200 i think is a good sign for theaters in general i can picture uh, movies like tenet or new mutants besting that 2000 per theater average and i mean while 2200 per theater is not amazing i i, I think back to when we did have box office numbers because I, I it's been so long i i feel like that is a, a pretty good weekend yeah i think it, it's also it's difficult to kind of track what what's performing well and what's not performing right now, just because we don't really know what the baseline is anymore, just because not every theater is going to be open. Uh, most theaters are running, are running limited capacity. Like I know my theater was only like 30 or 40% of the auditorium space. Um, they've cut down on a lot of show times. So it's difficult to look at something and go like, wow, this really blew up this weekend, like unhinged for 4 million. I mean, seems fairly solid for something that's small and probably would have been overlooked and just kind of forgotten uh, had it released in the other year. Um, but it's really difficult to kind of put meaning to these numbers at the moment. Yeah, no, definitely. And we'll see as the weeks go on if uh, if we can kind of gauge how this box office will, will work in, uh, in, in the pandemic. Yeah, so it'll, it'll definitely be really interesting (laughs) um but there were some pretty other exciting things happening over this weekend uh so we also had the dc fandom which was just the super bowl for people that are into dc comics um they released a lot of footage from all their upcoming projects a lot of video game stuff and tv stuff and of course a lot of movie stuff um so we're going to talk about kind of the three biggest movie things uh, so let's talk about the Batman trailer. What do you think of that? Yeah, that was fantastic. I mean, it was it 
I know a lot of people were saying it had like seven vibes. I don't know if you caught that at all. I, I do feel the same way. Um, there's a not a. I don't think it's a ton to unpack there because you didn't really learn too much about the plot or anything like that. I think it was just a way to show off the vibes of the film, maybe get some first looks at some of these characters in action. Um, the Colin Farrell makeup work looks pretty insane. I didn't, I didn't believe it, and I was holding out on believing that was him till this morning when the makeup uh, designer said, yes, that is in fact him. Um, it, it was mind-blowing. Yeah, it was. it's one of those things that I didn't even realize, kind of like on that note, that the Riddler was in the movie. Like, I completely forgot. Like, I was like, who is this? I'm so intrigued. What's going on? Um, and I think Matt Reeves is really just like, is just really pushing to to make this a Batman we haven't seen before. Uh, whereas, you know, you look at, and we'll talk more about it a little bit, like Zack Snyder's Batman is kind of like, this is the iconic Batman you know. Whereas this movie really feels like they're like, how can we take this to a darker place? And not just darker toned, again, like Zack Snyder movies, um, but just something new, more detective-y, like much more grim. I mean, Batman just like kills a guy with like 20 punches in eight seconds or something. Uh, it just it just looks nuts. <laughs> yeah, it was great. I love hearing uh, Andy Serkis's voice. Uh, you didn't get to see him as Alfred, but uh, I loved hearing him uh, peek in there uh, for a couple lines, especially uh, with Matt Reeves behind the camera. Yeah, and I know you and I are both really big fans of pretty much all of his work. Um, we've both talked quite a bit about how we love the Planet of the Apes movies. Uh, War is one of my favorite movies ever. So I was thrilled when he was announced for the Batman. I think he's going to do some great stuff with it, especially because he seems to be able to play with it in kind of his own sandbox. He's not having to share with the expanded universe or anything like this is just Pattinson's Batman, Matt Reeves, the Batman movie, just doing whatever they see fit. No, exactly. I think that's 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 the reason that this movie has so much potential, right? Like it's it's very... Um, it feels very free uh, in comparison to other uh, films and, and kind of other extended universes. Like, it just feels like it will be a free and fresh movie. And whenever they originally said we're going for a dark tone Batman, I mean, a lot of people point to Nolan's movies as dark. But in my opinion, Nolan's movies, that while they are darker than the average comic book movie, they feel more like a Nolan movie. Um, like, like, like. I don't know if he is at the point where he has his own genre, but I do feel like he arguably does. Um, and uh, those movies kind of fall into the vein of that. Like they just have these big extravagant Nolan vibes. Where I, whereas I feel this is like going to be kind of a pure, um, truly dark and, and gritty uh, overused word as if Nick was on here, he'd uh, beat me, but uh, <laughs> um, gritty take of, uh, on the Batman. Yeah. And I think it's going to feel a lot more intimate at least from the trailer, because kind of tying into what you said, I think Nolan does bring a lot of spectacle to the movies, um, especially if you look at like Batman Begins, which is just this globetrotting adventure uh, for part of it. I mean, yeah, take take the adventure part lightly, um, but just really explores these massive locations and sets. And I mean, Batman blows up a monorail at the end of the movie, uh, whereas the trailer for this just seems much more intimate. I mean, even the Batmobile is just like a regular sports car with a rocket strapped to the back. Um, I, I think we're going to see just a much smaller scale and just everything pulled back a little bit and less spectacle and more just detective adventure, which I am I am 100 percent for. Oh, for sure. I think that that that's what this character needs, you know, like after there's a ton of movies that we've had uh, with Batman in the last several decades even. And it, I think it'll be nice to get a to get a somewhat of a fresh 
take on uh, Batman and maybe uh, scale it back a little. And he is really aiming for that de- detective uh, kind of um, uh, style. And, and he's been really adamant about that. I remember Matt Reeves, like he, he said that very early on that this was going to be like, you're going to be seeing him at work as the world's greatest detective. So that, that's kind of what we're, what we're getting at. And that's what we kind of saw in, in the trailer. Um, didn't see too much of the Riddler. Um, I know that they haven't filmed too many of his scenes, but, uh, at the beginning there, I mean, it's, it's, it set the tone really well with him ripping the tape and, uh, just everything about that, that moment was pretty good. Yeah. And I think the challenge with, what is this? The eighth Batman, seventh Batman, it's been a lot of Batmans. I, I think the challenge is everybody wants to come in and reinvent the wheel. Whereas I feel like with Matt Reeves, they're coming in and de-inventing the wheel, if that makes sense. And just really like taking him back and not trying to add some new layer to him, but just bring him back to the most simplistic, the purest form of Batman that we can get. Yeah. And Pattinson looks good. I think, as you said, seven or eight Batmans, I think you need to at some point look for something that's kind of new. And I feel like Pattinson is like the, 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 like a very, very new, different feeling type type uh batman like it's it's not something that i feel like we've had before like we've had the macho men uh play batman but pattinson i think it's a real fresh uh take on the character and he looked good in the trailer too yeah i mean i would have preferred danny devito as batman (laughs) but uh (laughs) pattinson's gonna he's gonna he's gonna do it for me Um, and then kind of on top of that, we had a lot more footage from Wonder Woman 1984, uh, which it's weird to think that in an alternate universe, we've already seen this movie. Uh, it was supposed to release in June, and then it was supposed to release this month, and they pushed it back again um, just when Tenet got pushed back uh, officially. Um, so we are now getting the second trailer for it. Saw a lot more of Kristen Wiig's Cheetah and kind of got somewhat of a better glimpse of what's going on in the movie it looks like uh pedro pascal's maxwell lord has like some space rocks or something that make your dreams come true um i didn't really jump into it a ton because i'm sure they're keeping most of the actual plot stuff pretty under wraps uh but i did like what i saw with Kristen wig because she was notably pretty absent from the original trailer and the second trailer just showcased off her being an acrobat and kind of fighting and being on par with wonder woman which i did like yeah, so I actually didn't get a chance to look at this trailer, but um, all I got to say about this movie is that they are probably dying to get this thing out. <laughs> like, they are definitely just, just biting their nails waiting for this thing to come out. Like, they have been waiting, and it's, it's ready. Um, it's supposed to be October, right? Yeah. Yeah, I believe okay, it's so. almost exactly a month after Tenet. Yeah, okay. Because, I mean, they originally had um, July, I believe, uh, or June. Was it June? Yeah, it was June. Okay, and they had they even had a, a an August date at one point, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, yeah, this is they're they're dying to get this thing out. Yeah, it's it's one of those things that this probably would have been one of the biggest movies of the summer had it released on time. Uh, but now that we've completely skipped the block blockbuster season, um, I'm sure they're just trying to get it out before the Christmas rush hits. Yeah, and even, I mean, October last year, Joker proved that you can be quite massive in October, um, so I'm sure this will do fine, but it did feel like a, like, just from the trailers, it did feel like quite a summer film, but uh, it is what it is. Yeah, and uh, before we move on to the next part, 
I just want to say that if you're a you're a kid listening, you need to get off because <laughs> this next part is for grown-ups. Uh, we're going to talk about the Snyder Cut, <laughs> um, which uh, Zack Snyder uh, now infamously tweeted was a movie for grown-ups, um, despite playing a trailer that looks like nothing for grown-ups. Um, I don't really have a ton to say. I just can't stress how unenthusiastic I am for this movie. I don't really care. Um, I don't think Zack Snyder is a good storyteller. And I think DC has kind of learned that lesson too, because I think most of the flaws that came with everything up until Justice League, the era of DC where Snyder was the most involved, all suffered from the fact that they were trying to put on this angsty teenager vibe and just say loud things. And I think Zack Snyder writes a lot of big words into his script that make it sound like there's actual stuff being discussed, like in Batman versus Superman, uh, when in reality it's just kind of nonsense being yelled and you end up with characters uh, reaching their emotional climax because their moms have the same name. Um, <laughs> I, I don't have any hope for the Snyder Cut. Supposedly it's going to be like four hours and you can watch it as a miniseries or as a full movie. Um I'm just tired. I just wanted to come out and be done so that people can realize it was never going to be good anyways. And then we can, we can move past this era and fully embrace the James Gunn, Matt Reeves era of DC. <laughs> uh, no comment. I mean, I think you've, you've heard the, uh, the Snyder fans enough. I think we can move on. Uh, but I do want to praise the Suicide Squad real quick, though, because they released some like character footage for that, and it just it looks like they're just letting James Gunn kind of go nuts with the premise and with all the wackiness that's out there in the DC universe. So you have like Polka Dot Man as one of the leading roles. Uh, King Shark just looks like this cuddly teddy bear man. Uh, it's a 1970s war movie. Uh, apparently, they're like all trapped on an island or something. There's like 30 characters in the main cast. Um, this just looks like it's going to be a blast. It's just going to be insane from everything they released at Fandom. Um, I don't stand the Snyder era of DC, but I do stand pretty much everything they're doing right now. Yeah, we're 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 uh, we're quite hyped for it. Yeah, it's it's going to be pretty nuts. Um, but before we can uh, can move on to what we've been watching in the theaters this week, we're going to run through Netflix a little bit. Um, so there wasn't a ton of just crazy activity on Netflix. Uh, we will talk about what was in the number one spot as well as maybe touch on a few things in the lower end of Netflix's top 10, uh, but I'm just going to read through those real quick. So in the number one spot on Netflix, we had Project Power, followed by Drunk Parents at number two, The Sleepover at number three, Mr. Peabody and Sherman at number four, uh, One Bathroom or One Bedroom. I can't tell what that's supposed to be at number five. The Lost Husband at number six, Despicable Me, uh, back in the top at number seven, Seventh Son at number eight, Jurassic Park number nine, and Fearless at number 10. Uh, so I believe you want to talk about Project Power a little bit, right? Yeah, you know what? I just wanted to touch on the fact that it, uh, I mean, it, it's holding over now for two weeks. I'm not going to talk about the movie really, but just talk about how this is just another solid, uh, successful um, draw for Netflix. Like you have a movie here with with some some big names, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Jamie Foxx. Great to see jo Joseph Gordon-Levitt too in, in two movies this year. Um, for the movie, I won't say too much, but I will say now two weeks at the top spot for Netflix. I think this is just another another win for them. And I'm sure uh, at some point we're going to see the numbers come out of, of how many millions of people uh, watch this thing. 
Yeah, it's a uh, it's a Netflix movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't think there was anything really crazy on Netflix. I mean, they had a really strong couple months, uh, but it's interesting that kind of the week that the box office uh, starts to open back, they don't have any just kind of massive take over the conversation movies uh, like they've had most of the summer. It's kind of odd to see stuff pop back into the top, like Mr. Peabody and Sherman and Despicable Me, which a few weeks ago, we talked about how that was the first week we hadn't seen it yet. Um, and then also Spielberg, he's ruling the box office top 10 and the Netflix top 10 with Jurassic Park. And I mean, that's still impressive. Yeah, good for him. I mean, uh, Jurassic Park's not been on here for a few weeks. Um, it's it's getting close to the Despicable Me status, but just not quite there yet. One day it'll make it, maybe. <laughs> Um, and then that pretty much wraps up the Netflix top 10, or at least all that we really have to add to it. Uh, but we do want to talk a little bit about what we've been watching over the past week. So Brennan, if you want to take that away. Yeah. So I, uh, decided just cause I, I, last time I checked it out, I went down, uh, downtown Toronto, a very nice, uh, uh, IMAX theater. I think it was the first only IMAX theater in North America called the Cinesphere. And I watched the dark Knight trilogy there. It had been a long time, so I decided, you know what, they're all on Canadian Netflix right now. So I just, um, each night, I just uh, watched one. And um, it, it was nice to revisit. It, it was, for sure. I like to revisit these movies every year or two. Uh, Dark Knight more than the other two, but uh, um, it was nice to watch them all kind of back-to-back-to-back days. Um, I know you you always said that Rises is, is your least favorite of the three. I think I agree for sure. I think that that's been more solidified. However, I don't dislike it by by any means. I think that it's just a little bit overstuffed, but I still enjoy it. Um, but The Dark Knight is still quite phenomenal. Yeah, I weirdly have like a strong association to Batman Begins. Because uh, when I was growing up, we had two Batman movies. And one of them was the much-beloved Batman and Robin. Mm-hmm. And the other one was Batman Begins. Yeah, And so there's one of those movies that I would always want to watch because it's actually pretty solid. Um, so I've saw, I saw that one a lot. Um, I was kind of at that age where Batman was the greatest thing in the world when The Dark Knight came out. I still yeah. really like that movie. And I don't dislike uh, The Dark Knight Rises, but yeah, it's, for me, it's just kind of the weakest one. I mean, it just doesn't have really that magic that the other two have. Right. Now, I do I do like the scope and the size of Dark Knight Rises. I think that was handled really well. Um, but uh, f- for me, Dark Knight reigns supreme, a- as it does for many people. But I know that as the years have gone on, it's become trendy to pick one of the other two as, as your favorite or one of the other two as the one you like the most. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's just always great to revisit that Heath performance. Can't be like you can't. There's not really much more I can add to it other than it's 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 one of the. Uh, all-time most renowned performances and it's always great to revisit it yeah uh, Nolan made a trilogy and it is definitely up there with some of the greatest trilogies that ever made uh, there's there's no real doubt about that in my mind yeah no I agree and it, it'll, it'll, it'll always be iconic for sure yep and then uh, theaters actually did start opening up near me this past weekend. And so I could have gone to see Unhinged or Words on the Bathroom Walls or something else that was brand new. But I'm a schmuck. And so I went to go see something that I already love. 
uh, that had, I had not seen on the big screen yet. So I went and saw Back to the Future and The Empire Strikes Back. Uh, did a double feature on Saturday, and that was just oh, what a what a time! Uh, just gets to see Back to the Future up there on the big screen uh, was something that you know I hadn't really been looking forward to that one. You know, when they announced that they're going to bring classics back, I was like, oh, I want to see Jurassic Park, Empire. Uh, maybe some of the Harry Potters, like the stuff that I really grew up with. Um, and I didn't really grow up with Back to the Future a ton. I mean, I've seen it a few times, but just like watching that on a big screen, um, getting to experience that in a in a movie theater as my first thing back after six months was just wonderful. Um, and then just going straight into Empire Strikes Back after that was just even better. Um, just watching one of not only one of my favorite movies, but my favorite franchise just kind of the most instrumental movie in that franchise for the first time on the big screen in my whole life uh, was just one of my favorite theater experiences. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, that, that would be, that would be great. Um, Back to the future. I mean, those are, those are some good movies, especially, I mean, the first one's just so good. It's been a long time since I've watched them though, several years for sure, but uh, they're all on Netflix right now for me. So I'm, I'm, I've been meaning to sit down and watch them all, but uh, that would definitely be great on the big screen and empire too. Was that, did you say that was your first time seeing empire on the big screen? Yeah. So it's, it was really interesting because I think I actually enjoyed in terms of those two showings. I think I actually enjoyed back to the future a little bit more because I'm less familiar with it. So it still had a lot of awe and like news. It almost felt brand new. Um, you know, even though I've seen it probably three or four times in my life, Mm -hmm. whereas empire is something that, you know, I've seen this movie at least at least 20 times. And so it was more like, oh, I'm so excited to see this moment and just like being in awe of being able to see things even bigger and even better rather than, you know, being a little surprised by it like I was with Back to the Future. Yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense for sure. And uh, I think that's also the beauty of bringing back some of these classics that maybe for some people they haven't seen them since they were pretty young. So going out and seeing it on the big screen, that'd be, that'd be quite something. Yeah. So it was definitely one of the highlights of, of theater this year for me, um, especially since there hasn't really been anything in the last six months. Um, and I'm excited to see more of what they bring back. Also super excited to see tenant. I still don't believe in new mutants until I sit down and watch the whole thing next week. Uh, but I am overall pretty excited to see stuff opening back up and releasing and re-releasing. Yeah, no, it's it's obviously a great idea by theaters to bring all these things back. And it's 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 something that way back in March we were happy that they were doing. And now that they, they've done it and you're getting to see those things, it's it's great. And New Mutants, I mean, we're still holding out. Let's see if it happens. <laughs> but at this point, it looks quite certain. It seems pretty promising, um, and if it does indeed release this week, uh, we'll be back talking about it next week, uh, talking about some other new releases, probably some other classics, depending on what else is coming out, um, and whatever Netflix has to offer as well. Remember, you can check us out online at moviebabble.com, and we'll see you next week.